this morning we're going to be talking about the last two uh, groups of people uh, you might find as you uh, try and share the gospel with people uh, the fourth kind are what we call as a confused believer um and uh, i asked us to do a homework last week uh, i don't know if any of you john's gospel chapter 9 wow nice praise the lord the women remember it uh, amen the brothers remember it as well yes oh good wonderful so john's gospel chapter 9 i hope you read it if you done your homework it will be very easy for easy to understand what we're talking about uh this is a critical stage um now you may not find the same kind of a person right now you know as you encounter somebody you may not find the same kind who is blind who is of course we are just using them as an example um and uh, trying to find a good example okay um so this is a stage this is a quite a critical stage where they do believe in jesus so they've experienced a miracle from jesus and they also believe in something else and they're going back and forth and for a while they have come to faith in christ and you think you or you thought that you, they actually have started believing in jesus completely and then you realize that there's still some confusions still some questions still not so much clarity um you know uh, yeah they they have come 99.9% but there is that one 1% or 0.1% still something is still holding them back and where you cannot boldly say that they are ready for baptism yet all right and so uh, this is a confused believer stage and let's quickly go down to john's gospel chapter 9 and read it uh, and i will read a few f- um, uh, parts of it face by face and then we will be able to understand what we're talking about different stages in evangelism we're talking about uh, you know a play, person who is at a place of being a confused believer was one onwards as he went along he saw a man blind from birth his disciples asked him rabbi who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind neither this man nor his parents jesus answered but this happened so that the works of god might be displayed in him as long as it is day we must do the works of him who sent me night is coming when no one can work while i am in the world i am the light of the world after saying this he spit on the ground made some mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eyes go he told him wash in the pool of siloam this word means sent so the uh, man went and washed and came home seeing his neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg some claimed he was Uh, others said no he only looks like him but he himself insisted i am the man how then were your eyes open they asked he replied the man they call jesus made some mud put it on my eyes he told me to go to siloam and wash so i went and washed then i could see where is this man they asked him i don't know he said and the pharisees now begin to start the investigation you see until now the miracle has happened right and by the way right in the beginning you know they ask uh, the disciples ask jesus why was he born blind was it his sin or his the sin of his parents and jesus says neither of these and so whenever you have any sickness or if you see someone who was born with a certain uh, you know infirmity we cannot automatically jump to the conclusion and say this is definitely because of his sin or his 
sin of the forefathers no we cannot make a judgment on that we should never try to play god let god be god let man be man amen all that we can say is i don't know <laughs> and we don't know we don't know everything we don't know all the reasons why why everything happens in this world why am i suffering like this maybe because it should be your father's sin no maybe may not be also yes sometimes the sins of the forefathers do affect the generations to come but when they have come to christ miraculously god reverses all of those curses and he sends a blessing instead amen hallelujah sometimes some children of murderers become pastors <laughs> you know so amazingly god turns the life around and the you know future of the generations are changed and so um, you don't also sit and always keep blaming the sins of your forefathers and saying everything that has happened to me is all because of them all because of others if you change things around you can change and things for your future generations will certainly change if you come to jesus amen amen so that's just to you know uh, that's a side point kosuru you know so let's go down to verse uh, 13 onwards they begin to investigate they brought the pharisees uh, they brought the, to the pharisees the man who had been blind now the day on which jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a sabbath aha uh-huh. so jesus always messes up with the jewish uh, leaders and their traditions and their hypocrisy of how they you know uh, keep the sabbath they would want to keep the sabbath so religiously so strictly yes keeping the sabbath is according to the old testament law but they would keep the sabbath but then not do good to others they would not be merciful they would not be kind they would not be gracious uh, this hypocrisy is what jesus was hitting at and so on the sabbath jesus has healed the man and they were basically looking for some loophole some way some excuse some lame excuse to find fault with jesus and to discredit him because the whole world was going after jesus the miracle signs and wonders that he was doing was fantastic and apart from that the teaching with which he was so powerful and authoritative was something that was drawing the crowds and uh, that was weakening the religious system of the day okay and so when jesus did this miracle on the sabbath the pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight he put mud on my eyes the man replied and i washed and now i see and some of the pharisees said this man is not from god for he does not keep the sabbath pharisaical spirit will always speak rules will always speak rules and regulations you know they will have no grace it is over emphasis of the truth at the under emphasis of grace that is simply legalism that is simply pharisaical spirit oh you did not wear white so what kind of a man of god a pastor are you pharisaical spirit if you go to aca main church that's what they will that's how they will look at you you know because you don't wear white oh you will be discredited you are not fit to be a pastor that is a spirit of the pharisees that is a legalistic spirit uh we came from that tradition but thankfully god delivered us from that uh false spirit amen hallelujah it's a false teaching it's a false spirit and thankfully god delivered us and opened our eyes to see that it is grace and truth together 
not overemphasis of the truth at the underemphasis of grace too much overemphasis on external appearance you know takes away the true spirituality god wants us to be firstly transformed inside without internal transformation any external form is only a spirit of the pharisees hypocritical spirit so we don't follow that amen so god is not bothered about what color dress you wear whether you wear brown or black or white or colorless it does not matter for god the point is we have to be decently dressed that is what scripture is prescribing so go by the scriptures scripture is talking about how we need to dress modestly and not about what color we should wear or what we should not wear amen we have gone past all of that kind of shallowness so uh, this if you look at scriptures see that's how the pharisees were they jesus did a miracle to this man who was born blind but then their eyes were so blind god opened the eyes of the blind sinner but those who thought they were religious their eyes are blind they could not thank god for the miracle that jesus did for this man but instead they come and say oh that man is not from god because he did not he did a miracle on the sabbath is not the sabbath the best day to actually do a miracle the day of the lord to receive a miracle from the lord you see how they got it twisted you get what i'm saying amen and so we should never get twisted on rules and regulations if we start majoring on them we will lose true genuine spirituality and our relationship with god and so if you come down to verse 18 uh, 16 some of the pharisees said this man is not from god why oh, does not keep the sabbath they are accusing jesus but others said but how can a sinner perform such signs <laughs> what a simple logical question okay you are saying jesus is not from god because he did a miracle on the sabbath he broke the sabbath because on sabbath you should not do work but jesus did a miracle for that man on the sabbath and so the counter question was then if he was not from god if he's a sinner then how did that jesus do a miracle you see that's what hypocrisy does that's what legalism does it actually contradicts the truth of scriptures it contradicts the basic essence of you know divine prescriptions divine you know teachings biblical teachings it will contradict you know and so then the man replied he's a prophet they still did not believe that he had been blind and he had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents was 18 is this your son they asked is this the one you say was bl- born blind how is it that he now can see was 20 we know he is our son the parents answered and we know he was born blind but how he can see now or who opened his eyes we don't know ask him he is of age he will speak for himself parents got irritated you can see his eyes are open you already investigated and found who opened his eyes then why are you coming and asking again come on tell us who opened his eyes how did it happen was he actually blind the parents said he is of age you ask him you know what it's interesting if you read there verse 22 his parents said this because they were afraid of the jewish leaders who already had decided that anyone who acknowledged that jesus was the messiah would be put out of the synagogue so the parents were also see this is the 
tricks of the legalists they would keep you in fear and in bondage to their own rules and regulations oh if you do if you acknowledge jesus we'll put you out of the synagogue so parents were afraid just like today also if you have to take baptism and you come from a family background that will not believe in baptism people are afraid isn't it oh if i take baptism if i go to this church then everybody will not nobody will come for my son's wedding biggest fear so somehow keep nicely saying no 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 somehow i'm just going there you know some stomach ache was that i just went for prayer only you know i'm not going fully and all i'm just uh, please don't get angry with me you know because why they will throw us out fear fear of man than fear of god that is not the right spirit the point is here that is how they were afraid to even acknowledge the work of jesus they could not boldly say yes this jesus is the one who healed my son that is why his parents his parents said he is of age ask him now second time they summon the man again and again they want to somehow find some way of accusing jesus they were still not happy and they were not able to celebrate the fact that this sinner was healed you see that is the spirit of legalism that is a false spirit that will will be looking at all the rules and regulations are they fulfilling all the rules and regulations you know have they are they wearing white clothes are they have they removed their jewelry you know uh, does he have a mustache if he has a beard no he is not grown spiritually if he is wearing white pant and jippa then he is not spiritual enough he should wear dhoti and jippa then only he is spiritual enough you don't know what i'm talking about because you've not seen it i've grown up with it from 3 years of age but thankfully god delivered us from that kind of a false idea of spirituality that is the same spirit that was operating there the pharisees were trying to some they can never celebrate the good works of god they will find fault with oh, where i can find fault negative spirit rules and regulations driven very oppressive there is no grace there at all there is no grace for the sinner there is no acceptance of the sinner there is no celebration of a sinner changed but the point will be what color clothes you are wearing that will be the bigger question the internal life transformation will not be that is the most important thing that is what we should celebrate that is what we should look for that is what we should pursue not just some external show amen hallelujah amen so that is how these um, pharisees were and he replied a second time they summoned the man verse 24 the man who had been blind give glory to god by telling the truth they said we know this man is a sinner he replied whether he is a sinner or not i don't know one thing i do know i was blind but now i see basically they were using this man's transformation healing they were just using him like a pawn you know when you play chess you know that pawn that you can use for as an alternative for anything no right so basically they were using him as a pawn but their main target was jesus somehow to find fault with him now a legalistic spirit in us can actually destroy our evangelistic efforts that's why i'm saying this our legalistic spirit 
can destroy our evangelistic efforts. Let me tell you for an example. When we were doing crossroads, if you remember, some of you might remember, we used to do a monthly music event where we used to have different music teams come and do music and we would invite a lot of young people. We would uh, used to have dance, choreography, short films, talk shows, different variety of things that will be very interesting, entertaining for young people. And through that, then we will preach the gospel. Finally, last 15 minutes, share the gospel, give altar call. So many people, by God's grace, got saved uh, through uh, those crossroads programs. One of the pastor's sons who leads a large church asked me with his eyes like, you know, sources. <laughs> he said, are you doing crossroads in, in your church? I said, yes. Huh? How come? Do they allow you to do it inside the church? Yeah, why not? I was surprised. What is wrong? I mean, it's an evangelistic effort to reach out to young people. I can never do something like that in my church. He was shocked. You're having music bands playing music. You're having choreo teams come and do choreography. You're having short films. Oh. You see, how that legalistic mind, they would not allow them to do music, choreography, short film, anything to be done inside the church. And by stopping all of that, what they're doing? They're stopping the work of evangelism. You get what I'm saying? That's what the legalistic mind does. It will immediately judge. It will be judgment. It will be critical. It will find fault. That spirit will always be fault finding. And it will stop evangelistic efforts. And so one thing we must be careful is that we must not expect new people to be, be, to be like us. To have our kind of culture. You get what I'm saying? Don't expect them to have our kind of culture. Don't expect them to talk like you, behave like you, or even to become like you in your style, in your appearance. They may have long hair. They may have ear studs. They may have tattoos. Okay? They will come with Pants and shorts that are torn everywhere. And those are more expensive these days, by the way. It's not that they became old. I don't think they don't have money to buy, you know, full pants. Don't feel sorry for that. It's style. All that I'm saying is they will not look like you. They will not behave like you. They will not have the outfit, the culture, the style like you. And don't expect them to come wearing very formal outfit the next Sunday. When they first time they come to church. If we try to change those things. And if we try to look at them and say, oh, look at this. This is all, you know, gone case. First itself, when you look at them itself, we say gone case then our evangelistic effort also will be gone case. Are you with me? So all you, you see, this is very important. Now, if we have a legalistic mindset, we will not be able to effectively reach people with the gospel. Amen. Hallelujah. And so you happen to go into a house of an unbeliever and you find pictures everywhere. You find all kinds of dolls everywhere. And then they serve you something to eat or drink. 
don't immediately say oh this is uh, you know looks like the headquarters of the devil in the name of jesus yesu in namathnale yesu in namathnale sit like that we cannot reach people with the gospel i'm not saying to go and bow down to what they bow down to not that but we cannot go with a preconceived notion of how they have to look like and how they have to behave and what kind of outfits they have to wear and everything amen jesus went and you know met with prostitutes has any christian believer done that hello a very uncomfortable question to ask i have a friend of mine a pastor who actually goes into brothels pays money and goes like a customer takes food has sets up cameras on his clothes and he will have a team sitting outside with his wife on a car and and monitoring his movements as he go on, goes in and he takes food inside he pays money he goes inside he actually meets with the girl sits there gives the food and says please eat and us would you like to get out of this place because once you once those people are caught in there they cannot run away they cannot even attempt to run away they will be killed so out of fear they don't even think of escaping they are bound like that and so he actually goes in there his conversations and his movements are completely videotaped secret cameras everything and he actually rescues people like that gives them food to eat tells them the gospel and tells them do you want to run away from this place and tells them where and he's they've got a whole strategy and i will not say that now and he works with the police department in bangalore city and actually rescues people out but he does not tell the story outside i'm just telling you so that you will know that this is not this is something that on one side people say he's very unwise what if he falls into sin the danger is there he's really stepping on hell's edge <laughs> literally but they've got their safety gear and everything that's why the cameras the microphones are recording and the monitoring of a team you know staying a few streets away you know they they have technology to do all of that but the point is a radical step he takes to go and reach people of the gospel if you come and tell the story in any church people say oh if people see him going that area just imagine just because of that fear most people will never go by that side oh if i go that side what if somebody sees what if stephen sees me he will go and tell his mother i saw pastor and uh, you know going that side something is wrong with him you should you know pray for him <laughs> that is the fear that some believer will see me and when they see me what will they think of me that stops our evangelistic efforts legalistic mindset fear of man can stop our evangelistic efforts his whole strategy of whether it is right or wrong good or bad that is something to be debated but i really appreciate the courage the boldness and i think such things cannot be done with without true passion 
for the lost unless you are called for this you have that uh, the the boldness the courage to step out into a very dangerous place and he can get killed also it's very dangerous for his own life but that is how the missionaries came from other countries and they came and gave their lives for jesus even the problem is today we have we have preached a gospel and presented a gospels uh, which which says come to jesus he will wipe your tears come to jesus he will give you more money come to jesus he will solve your problems come to jesus and you will have a bed of roses you will just be on the heights floating in the air you will go to america earn all the money in the world and you will live long with good health and prosperity and you will have a such a blessed life for 10 generations they don't have to worry because of the way god will bless you just come to jesus a beautiful nice message sugar coated message but the scripture actually we will talk, discuss about that in the next point actually talks about being willing to die for christ leaving everything and following jesus and because of that we do not have the courage to go and and risk our life to proclaim the gospel because we've really not become a disciple of jesus we've just come to believe in jesus for the good things he will give us do you get what i'm saying hallelujah following jesus is more than believing in him only for the good things following jesus is also risking our life is also incurring the wrath of religious people <laughs> when you serve the lord amen hallelujah jesus was accused that he was what was he called he was called a friend of oh what is he friend of sinners even when he did this miracle what are they saying oh he must be a sinner they're trying to find fault with him so don't look for people's approval and appreciation all the time be willing to take a risk and reach out to somebody with the gospel even if the religious people don't like what you say or what you do amen but ultimately we should be reaching people with the gospel <laughs> not doing something else for doing something wrong we can incur you know the wrath of people <laughs> and the criticism that for wrong doing we we deserve it but for doing the right thing jesus accused so the point is what i'm trying to helping us to understand is that when you find people in this stage of they are experiencing jesus this blind man was experiencing his love the blind man was experiencing his power the blind man was experiencing uh, a deliverance that blind man was having an encounter with the lord jesus but the point is he was brought to be questioned and he was in a confused state he was fully not yet come to become a disciple of christ and the legalistic spirit of these pharisees would prevent him from actually believing in the lord jesus christ completely you see they were also com- coming and questioning him repeatedly and confusing him oh what is this why did it happen who did it how did it happen something must be wrong with the one who did it basically stopping him from believing in jesus are you able to see that legalistic spirit can prevent people from fully becoming a disciple of jesus and so i want us to uh, be f- free 
from the fear of man when you do evangelistic effort please listen to me this is very very important be free from the fear of man when you do evangelistic efforts be free from the criticism of men do not pay attention to it when you do evangelistic effort because legalistic spirits will come and hinder it that's not of the spirit of god that's a false spirit that will come to hinder it's a false spirit because it is not from the spirit of god because jesus is not succumbing to that spirit i hope you are understanding what i'm saying jesus didn't say oh sorry sorry i uh, sorry i did it on sabbath day okay from next time onwards i will not do it no jesus did not bow down to the legalistic spirit don't be apologetic don't be apologizing for your evangelistic efforts and when legalistic spirits come and attack you don't go apologize to them and for you yourself don't fear man when you do evangelistic effort amen in what method in what format the spirit leads you to do and what you think by the god given wisdom is the right thing to do at the right time do it by all means hallelujah amen we should only fear doing sin and wrong we should not fear what we when we do what is right be fearless when you do what is right even if it incurs criticism and opposition i thought somebody should shout a loud hallelujah hallelujah amen amen hallelujah praise the lord methods strategies forms formats will be different to different people okay when you approach different people when different kinds of people it will be different and so don't get afraid because somebody is very different their style is different their outfit is different their appearance is different don't be afraid go ahead look at their heart your heart should be sincere to reach them with the gospel and look at their heart see the small changes that god uh, that god is bringing about in their lives look for the small changes god is bringing about in their lives amen and god will bring those changes when you sincerely pursue them amen praise the lord and that's what is happening with this guy he knows i don't know who this man was once i was blind but now i can see and read from verse number 26 they asked him how did he uh, do to you how did he open your eyes he answered i have told you already and you did not listen why do you want to hear it again again and again they are asking the same questions and then look at what that blind man says do you also want to become his disciples you are, you, are, you want to hear again and again you also want to become his disciples oh <laughs> very sarcastic now he got the boldness hallelujah he was fearless when it comes to these legalistic people then they hurled insults at him and said verse 28 you are this fellow's disciple we are disciples of moses we know that god spoke to moses but as for this fellow we don't even know where he comes from the man answered now that is remarkable <laughs> he became very sarcastic you don't know where he comes from yet he opened my eyes 
we know that god does not listen to sinners he listens to the godly person who does his will nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of man born blind if this man were not from god he could do nothing to this they replied you are steeped in sin at birth how dare you lecture us and they threw him out you get the whole story now this is the most important thing you see jesus is persisting with this man now this man got went through a whole cycle of confusion this man born blind who was healed jesus encounters him heals him but you see people come and confuse him and he went through a whole cycle of confusion repeatedly all kinds of things they are saying to say and somehow stop this man from believing in jesus okay this is what the devil will do okay so you, you must expect it the devil will come and try to confuse people but we don't give up verse 38 uh, sorry 35 jesus heard that they had thrown him out and when he found him he said do you believe in the son of man where is he sir the man asked tell me so that i may believe in him jesus said you have now seen him in fact he's the one speaking with you then the man said lord i believe and he worshiped him Jesus said for judgment i have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind the religious leaders thought that their spiritual eyes were open but actually their spiritual eyes were blind but this man who was born a sinner whose eyes were blind Jesus not only opened his physical eyes but by opening his physical eyes he also opened his spiritual eyes to see that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the Messiah. That by only believing in him, there's forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Hallelujah. And very often, these miracles will be wrapped around a teaching. Or a teaching will be wrapped around the miracles. So when you read a story of a miracle, you don't read a miracle for only the miracle's sake. Praise God for that miracle. But very often, there will be a solid teaching that will be wrapped, wrapping around that miracle. And so when you read and understand scriptures, you should never miss the teaching that actually, and very often Jesus would do that miracle for the sake of bringing that teaching. He's actually giving them an experiential learning <laughs> experience. Okay, he's not just lecturing, he's actually giving them an experiential learning. Okay, a lot of things we're getting out of this. Good, let's go. You see, some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, what, are you blind too? <laughs> Jesus said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. You see, these people, their eyes were open. They know the scriptures. But because they claim to see, because they claim to say that we know everything, and so they could not be taught. And so because of that, their guilt remains. But this man born blind, he has been saved. The point is, here, this man went through a whole cycle of confusion, but Jesus sustains his relationship with him. So the key for us is to sustain our relationship with those who are going through that place where you've shared the gospel, but they're still confused. They've still not come to full faith. There was a Catholic lady who used to come earlier. We used to share the gospel with her and she would come to these Magdalene's meet and listen to the gospel and then go to the Catholic priest on Sunday and ask him the same questions. 
here come and ask questions about the gospel go to the catholic priest on sunday and ask the so what what do you think will result confusion so we can't get upset and say oh what is this but that's the time we have to keep the relationship going keep the friendship going keep answering the questions keep helping them to understand keep sharing the gospel sometimes we may not be able to do much but keep going with the journey don't give up don't walk away don't stop communicating don't stop calling don't stop visiting amen when you take people through that confusion and walk them through the journey at some point you will be able to clear those questions those confusions and the spirit of god will give you that grace to do that are we good amen fifth stage or this one stage will be there for everybody <laughs> okay whether a person started off as a sympathizer or you met as a, the person who is a seeker or whether you met a person who believes in jesus also or whether you meet a person or you're journeying with somebody who is in a confused stage and continuing to share the gospel and walk them through that journey this is a final stage where you will have to bring everybody to or everybody should come to that place and that's when you can finish this is the fifth one which is called as a disciple a, a disciple come to a place where they become a disciple of jesus when jesus called the disciples when he met peter and james and john when they were fishing what did jesus say come follow me i will make you what was the call not just to believe in jesus come follow me you don't have to work anymore i will provide for you no that was not the call come follow me i will make your family prosperous no come follow me i will make you fishers of men come follow me become my disciple follow my teaching and then the reason why i'm calling you to follow me is to make you a disciple maker i will make you fishers of men come follow me so that i will make you a disciple maker so our ultimate objective in reaching people with the gospel is to make people a disciple maker amen not just to get people saved and prepare them for heaven that is part of it your ultimate goal is not to say oh finally i brought them got them baptized made them to come and sit in the church got a ticket for them to heaven my father is saved Ah, finally one day when i go to heaven he will also be with jesus in heaven no that's not your ultimate goal your ultimate goal is to make them a disciple make because that is what is jesus is called you see how instead of doing that instead of giving a call for that instead of leading people to that we have only made people to believe in jesus and that's why when problems come people fall away that's why people come to believe in jesus and don't do any ministry at all we have a whole huge christian population in the world globally in all of our churches who are not discipling others at all you get what i'm saying because we have called people for the wrong reasons if you are a person who is leading people to jesus 
you ultimately bring them to a place where they will not only believe and follow Jesus and his teachings and become a disciple of Christ, but also as a disciple, they will become a disciple maker. Amen. The moment they are baptized, the next thing you need to challenge them is to say, now you go and do the same. What I did for you, you need to start doing. And tell me, give me reports week after week. Put a reporting system there. And then you see what happens. You start doing that. If we start doing that for everyone who gets saved, the atmosphere of the church itself will be different. Everybody will be only talking about souls, not about problems. <laughs> Prayer requests will be only about souls, not for promotions. Amen. Amen. Don't get stuck with that form of Christianity. That is a form of Christianity that many of the evangelists have brought inside into the Christian world. Oh, he will wipe your tears. Oh, he's moved with compassion. Yes, he will wipe your tears. He's moved with compassion. But finally, what? Where do you lead them? Don't just pray for them and send them off. Don't only pray for needs. If you only do a ministry of praying for needs and don't make them a disciple of Jesus and don't make them a disciple maker, you're not fulfilling the Great Commission. And that's what the evangelists of the day are doing and they're only evangelizing those who have evangelized. Where do they put their banners? Outside church premises. Special meeting, blessing meeting, healing meeting. Only out of ch outside church compounds. Everywhere, all over the city, reaching the reached. So let's stop getting sucked into these false ideas that are there in the Christian world and do the real thing which is biblical. Why did Jesus call them? Read with me in Matthew 4, 19 and 20. Don't look at me as if I'm giving you something wrong. Yes, I'll be very critical on many things because biblical truth has to be upheld and we have accumulated a lot of junk and garbage in the, from the Christian world for a long period of time. Of a lot of wrong ideas. And so part of what I as a servant of God and I as a pastor, my responsibility according to 1 Timothy chapter 2 and Titus chapter 1 uh, prescribed for what a teacher, an elder, a leader of a congregation, a shepherd must do is to teach sound doctrine and also refute false teachings both are part of that work and so i will be very critical on anything any false idea or false teaching and some of us might be thinking oh i will we should not speak anything wrong about anybody oh, you are a very nice person please find some other place uh, whatever is wrong i will say oh, it is wrong wrong ideas will be confronted in this place paul the apostle very clearly named the false teachers who were part of the church and they were bringing confusion in the church. And so when, when some teaching or some idea of ministry in the world is confusing us and has confused us, which is contrary to scriptures, I will call it out boldly and clearly. Because for us, scriptures is supreme above all. However famous a man, man of God may be, or his ideas, if it is flawed, it is flawed. Let's hold on to the true, pure idea of scriptures. So our life, our life, 
our family our work our relationship with one another our relationship with the world the pagans outside our relationship with authorities and our philosophy of ministry how we do ministry or what is our ultimate goal our focus all have to be from scriptures and not imitating somebody else's ideas from outside however great and glorious it might look like the even the philosophy of ministry why we do what we do and what should be done what is the right thing to do should come out of scriptures amen and so i am not uh, deceived by this whole idea that oh you should not say anything bad about anybody we have very nice people we have to be christians you know we just keep quiet and uh, be a very goody goody nice person anybody does wrong it's okay brother um, that is uh, you know whatever they want to do but why we should talk about it we, because we get so much influenced by all these wrong ideas and so we have to talk about it and paul the apostle refuted it truth and nail one of the biggest challenges he had was the jewish people coming and confusing the churches in the teachings the wrong teachings and so hymenus and philetus and uh, many of the other names uh, are the demons these people come and shipwreck the faith of many and today we need to get back to the truth of scriptures amen hallelujah and so come back to matthew chapter 4 verses 19 and 20 i wish we had a whole day to just talk about all of these things you people want to run away for some biryani and so we are unable to teach you matthew chapter 4 verses 19 and 20 um come follow me jesus said and i will send you out to fish for people i will make you fishers of men at once they left their nets and followed him come follow me come follow jesus come follow his teachings follow his footsteps and not only that i will make you why is he calling them to make them to become a disciple maker amen to make them to be a disciple first and then that they will become a disciple maker that's our goal so do evangelism with discipleship in mind discipleship is basically to help someone to learn the teachings of god's word because someone has does not know christ lives by the philosophy of the world and when they come to christ they begin we need to start teaching them how we not we are not going to be living by the teachings the principles the practices of the world but by the teachings of christ learn helping them to learn first you teach them help them to learn help them to read the bible every day help them to pray every day help them to walk in a relationship with jesus help them to uh, know and and help them to you need to help in unpacking the truths of scriptures and make it applicable for their life issues they will come up with struggles what do i do now is this right or wrong so teach help them to learn the teachings of christ and help them to learn and then help them to live it out learn live make them to live those put them into practice because that's what jesus said when he gave the great commission matthew 28 verse 20 and teaching them to observe all that i have commanded you that's part of disciple making not just leading to baptism teaching them to observe all so helping them to observe obey live by it and thirdly make them also to teach others this is the full cycle of being a disciple of christ and so do evangelism with the goal of disciple making number 1 and then faith in jesus is not exclusive of becoming a disciple oh um, don't tell me all this i'll believe in jesus 
but i will not fully be a disciple of christ sorry no sir no, that's not going to work you either are here or there i will just believe in jesus but don't tell me to uh, follow this teaching don't tell me to uh, come to church don't tell me to read the bible pray don't tell me to witness to others about jesus uh, i will believe in jesus don't worry i know i will go to heaven but no don't waste your time with such people some people who will never want to be discipled you can never talk to them anything you can never enforce any personal life discipline or a family discipline or a community discipline you can never enforce anything you tell them anything they will not like they will not even like to listen you cannot even engage so there are some people like that who are very closed and they like to go to some churches who also offer that oh you come to our church we will not tell you anything what to do what you should not do we will not even visit your house you just come and go no problem there are churches who will say like that and such people will find such places but we want to work with those people who say come on teach me help me to live according to scriptures help me to teach others i want to be discipled and i want to become a disciple maker if you are saying that you are in the right place hallelujah teach me help me to live help me to teach others if you're saying that that's what we want to do in this place hallelujah amen so don't uh, waste too much time once you've tried enough and and they are not willing to budge at all leave them alone maybe they might even come to church and go but then start working with people with a goal to make them a disciple maker teach them to be ready to pay the price after they are saved once you are saved you are signing up to pay a price <laughs> amen isn't it true for some of you who come from non christian family backgrounds yeah you, you paid the price and you continue to pay a price that's why you are able to be here that's why you are still a disciple of christ if you were not willing to pay the price you would have gone back to whatever you were before and stop following jesus and so true this true evangelism will will includes a process of making them a disciple maker and making them to be a full disciple of christ willing to pay the price this is not an effortless christianity christianity is not an effortless religion it's a relationship with god which involves people also willing to pay a price jesus died on the cross but we also have to die along with him daily carry our cross and follow him amen in this world we will have tribulation we will have to be willing to pay that price carry that cross and we will have to be witnessing to others and when you start witnessing other, to others you will have to pay a price people will hate you because you talk about jesus to them how many of your catholic relatives don't like you because you talk about jesus to them right yeah so that's part of the call amen so it's calling for some tough people amen hallelujah touch your neighbor and tell them it's a call for tough people not for weaklings not for weaklings tough people who will stand the ground who will endure the problems who will endure the troubles who will endure the challenges the opposition and do what is right amen hallelujah peter was crucified upside down amen i think that's a good note to finish